The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z dot com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Peace and blessings, family. We are once again bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. That's right. We talk about everything going on out here in the life and the world and the traffic out here in these streets. In these cold, cold, cold streets. <laughs> Coming back at you, bringing episode 75 your way. 75, and we still alive. Good Lord, good Molly. Yes, we are always highlighting these moments in, in uh, black, black excellence. excellence. Where we make sure that we tell our own stories, highlight our own people, and don't wait for the world to give us our pat on the back. That we make sure that we are there for ourselves. Episode 75, I'd like to give a shout out to a gentleman. He's he's since gone on. Okay. He, he, is, he is past. He was... Uh, Born in Mississippi. <laughs> and so he was born back in Mississippi. He was the son of a preacher and his uh, mom was a choir leader. Mm. Uh, he lived back in Mississippi until the age of 14. His parents had divorced and he moved out to California. Uh, he made friends with some folks that would then go on to uh, help uplift his career, but were also most were pretty notable themselves as individuals. At 17, he dropped out of high school and... 30 days after dropping out of high school, he enlisted in the Marines because he said that uh, he wanted to see if he was a real man. Really? Like he wanted he wanted to test himself to see what he was about. Uh, he served his three years as an ammunition specialist. He was honorably discharged. And then he, he came back home uh, after coming back home. The, the friends that he had met at, when he originally came out to California were then starting to to make a little noise, he got involved in a music group. That music group was kind of working the little the neighborhood that they were in, and he had his claim to fame when him and a couple of his best friends put together their mixtape, and they uh, featured it for their best friends uh, for their best friend's brother, mm. and it happened to be get played at a bachelor party, and his brother was like, "Who is that?" And he's like, "Oh man, them, them are the homies." Mm. And he's like, "Oh, bring them in." That mixtape played for his best friend's brother. Then spurned into a career which lasted uh, three studio albums. He had a, a compilation, uh, 14 features, 40, 40 features, I'm sorry, 40 features of some of the most prominent uh, in the game when it came to hip hop and R&B. He, he was on songs with everybody from Mariah Carey, Jermaine Dupree, Eve, uh, Dr. Dre, Memphis Bleak, Ice Cube, Jadakiss, mm. Chingy, mm. Snoop, Most Def. Ludacris, even 50 Cent, Shaquille O'Neal. Like, he was out there everywhere. Mm. Uh, he passed away in 2011 from uh, the the, the, uh, the effects of having uh, multiple strokes. Though there were those that came after him that tried to take the title. He was the one and only king of the hooks. Rest in peace. A shout out one time to Nathaniel Dwayne Hale, a.k.a. Nate Dogg. Ah, Yeah. <laughs> Nate mother effing dog. Nate dog. I was like, kind of like, who the hell is he talking about this time? Yeah, Nate was. Uh, he had that. He he had that. He had a, his father's preacher voice. Yeah. And, and he just kept it him. And and he was. And why I think that is important about him is that uh, though you could probably make the argument that maybe uh, Ice Cube was maybe one of the most overall successful post working with Dr. Dre. Mm. Uh, Nate Dogg was probably the most uh, successful after Dr. Dre left death row that didn't require Dre to come back to be successful. Mm. Like Snoop went to No Limit and he dropped a garbage album on death row after Dre left. You had one song. On that Dogfather? He had a few songs on there. I mean, there's yeah, a few. Yeah, for, for all Horrible album. Purpose, yeah. Horrible album. And then he we went to No Limit and he had like one song off of each album he did in No Wait, Limit. Was it? Was it D P G that one song? Yeah. And he had um doom 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 that's doom, that's doom. that's what he got back with Dre. Yeah. That's that lay low. I lay low, but it was that Nate was on hook. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Exactly. Okay, you're right. So so Snoop had when he got back with Dre, his only song, the songs that mattered on No Limit were the songs he did. That and he did uh Bitch Please. Ayo, ayo, ayo. Once again, Nate on the hook. Nate was the only one on that label on death row. When Dre said, all right, I'm not paying the rent anymore, Nate came up with the rent on his own. As soon as Dre left death row and everything was falling apart, 
Nate jumped on the I can't deny it. It was fabulous. Jumps on area codes with Luda. Jumps on everything with everybody. You know, Nate was somebody who was like the situation changed and he immediately adapted. Yes. Didn't matter what coast you was from. Didn't matter what label you was on. He immediately just shifted and said, I'm going to keep it me. He didn't switch up his style for the industry. And he continued to push through and work. And I think that's something to to note, because I think a lot of times for us, something will be working. And all of a sudden the job says uh, we don't need you tomorrow. Yeah. and We fall apart. And that usually happens. Yeah. Uh, government shutdown. Oh, man, you only want to talk about the government shutdown. Government shutdown, folks, was, was on suicide watch. 35 days of partial government partial, shutdown. Partial government partial. shutdown. 800,000 uh, plus folks without employment. And we definitely saw the Negro um, being who the Negro is known to be. Consistently codependent. On the government. So I don't want to hear revolutionaries talk about shutting down something that is needed. And that's a, the exact point of why, you know, when we go into deeper into the discussion, when we talk about these different things, it sounds good in theory. Yeah. Shut it down. Good on paper. Abolish <laughs> and, and um, you know, rebuild. But in order to re- abolish, I abolish, I think we have to build first. Yeah. And we have to start learning how to work with each other and network with each other and build before we go into this idea that we don't need the strains of the government because I've seen you Negroes under pressure for 35 days. I'm not impressed. I'm very worried. It was a stressful time for a lot of people and it's understandable, but to overstand our ideas of recreating and saying that we want to destroy a system that is not designed for us is us being prepared and we weren't prepared at all yeah some of us talk about that we would be nate dog most of us turned into danny boy the game don't wait for real <laughs> most of us turned into danny boy nah, it was crazy when, when when when, it, when all of a sudden there was nobody saying here you go this is where you need to be here's your compensation for this you were left to your own devices to figure it out there was nothing. I had more people tell me about their frustrations about the EBT, um, how Section 8 was going to get paid, compared to more people telling me about how they're trying to now think about building and branding themselves, creating their own business, and doing things outside of what the government um, t- detachment has been for them for whatever years they have worked. And it's frightening to see how really dependent we really are to a system that does not give two shits about us. And um, I think that the reaction continues to be like the same thing. We still haven't got enough to figure out. We need to do something different. Donald Trump still wasn't enough. Um, uh, President Obama still wasn't enough. When I say President Obama, when Obama was the president, it, it didn't click to a lot of Negroes to say, hey, well, let's now create certain black agendas so he is now forced because we're saying hey obama let's go through this go through that go through this that's focused on black people we didn't even do that so we can't even hold him to a high degree of responsibility for what their lack of effort for him to move anything that had to concentrate on black people because black people never really showed up to say well these are the immediate problems that we have we're not talking about um taxation we're not talking about um health care we're not talking about prison we're not talking about um certain certain other programs we're talking about things specifically for black people because when we talk about um ideas to move us forward when we start grouping up all of these problems that everybody else has yeah. it's easy to say what obama has done oh well he held prisoners out negro that's not the only thing that that didn't help us by ourselves. That helped everybody. Uh, what the, the legalization of gay marriages? That wasn't a black thing. That was you know for, the LBGT for LBGT. thing. Yeah. So it's like you got all these multiple things that folks want to try to line themselves up and say, well, Obama did this, Obama did that. I'm talking about specifically something that is going to affect black people in such a way that is so positive that no one really reaps the benefits. Though they will reap the benefits because it just shows you um, in our history that whatever's good for black people becomes good for the people of America anyway. Yeah. And that whole idea of, oh, we don't need the system. I'll do this on my own. A couple of things should have been eye opening to people. 
about how the check to check mentality is so real. That's crazy. Like the, the, the fact of the matter is, if you're like, I missed two paychecks or depending upon your state, one paycheck, because some of them you get paid twice a week. Some of them you get paid once a month. And in that that 30 day pay period loss, folks is about to be on the street. Yeah. And we're not talking about, you know, I get it. If you're on the state assistance, you're on the Section 8, you're barely getting by. I'm talking about prominent state workers like federal workers people who who are nice homes and good tax that should have some some cash stashed away yeah for a rainy day yeah it it shouldn't take you know five weeks to 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 break you down to the bone marrow bro (laughs) five weeks five weeks is all it took to cripple your whole organization five weeks dog think about that when we really go deeper into that idea of paycheck to paycheck yeah Folks were cringing at day 10. And on top of that, people really kept on going to freaking work. And that's what boggled my mind was like, wait, motherfuckers still working? I'm like, well, shit, government shut down. Well, then up to the house. Holla at me, you know, when everything gets back in line. Now, will they get retro pay for sure? But for me, if that's something going on, I'd probably been at work for 10 days and the rest, I'm out of here. Yeah, but that lets even more of a nod to the, to the position that you're in that you're like, you are so back against the wall that if they say, if you don't come in for free, you're terminated. Wow. You still have to come in for free because you are in no position to be out of work. Crazy. Like you are in no position to make moves. You've got not only no leverage, but no leeway. You at least have to have, I believe, a good year amount, a year's worth of monies to have just stashed away in case something happens. I really, truly believe that. If you don't got that, man, there's got to be some real serious problems. You got to figure out a way to say that. Cut off some things, maybe that weed habit, that Hennessy habit, stop going to the clubs, whatever, stop having babies. I don't know, but everyone should at least have that stash. So if that year comes up where you really have to kind of, you know, you know, make sit moves. back and make moves and kind of get off the grid, that you got that. You got that prepared. You got that ready. I mean, especially in this day and age. Yeah, they say it, it, six months is if you can be if it's conservatively. And what that means is that's six months of you have zero income coming in and you're not putting it on credit cards. So yep. you've got enough saved that for six months straight, all your bills are paid on time yep. without the use of credit cards. Like nothing's happened yep. with zero income coming in. Yep. If you are ever if you can't say, yes, I can do that. Your money's not right. Not at all. So anybody who thinks that because you live in this zip code or because you drive this car or because your kids go to this school, your paper ain't as straight as you think it is. Not at all. And I think that for for us, we get so indoctrinated into these systems that we complain so much about. But because we're so dependent upon them, Mm. we we tolerate so much. You know, everybody sitting there say, I hate this, the the educational, the political, the judicial, the this, this, that. I hate it. Tear down. Like you said, we're in no position to have it torn down. No, no. We're in no position to function. I I mean, it it boggles my mind that folks really believe without having an alternative, we can really live without a system. Though, again, the system wasn't designed for people of color. It was a design to take all of our great attributes and utilize it and capitalize on it and give us the crumbs and whoever out of the people of color that can get to uh, you know, a point where they can survive in this system, kudos to you. But we ain't going to make it easy. When you now can justifiably say we ain't ready because we saw 35 days, yeah. I didn't hear not one person celebrate that the government was shut down. No. Not one. And something to keep to keep in mind for the people who think that that's not possible. We always reference uh, our heyday in black history about economically was Black Wall Street. I and thought we was going to talk about Black Panther. No, no Wakanda no, forever. No, no, no. Oh, I'm just mad. I'm not bad. Tulsa. Know. Okay, Tulsa. Tulsa. I thought it was Wakanda. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Black Wall Street. So we talk about now how 
through most like the Jewish community, the Asian community, that the dollar will bounce, you know, 22 days in one community before it leaves. Yeah. It'll bounce 18 days in another before it leaves. When it comes to black Americans, the dollar bounces for six hours before it leaves our community. Wow. So meaning you get your paycheck and before full works day, it's already in somebody else's hands. that does not look like you. Wow. Going back to the Tulsa, Oklahoma days is that the dollar circulated for nearly a year before it left Tulsa. It's why Black Wall Street was not crippled by the Great Depression. Mm. It's because when the government was shutting down, when the economic system was crashing everywhere, that area was not hit the way the rest of the nation was because that dollar was not dependent on somebody outside of the community to sustain. That dollar kept circulating around amongst the people who were there. Mm, come on now. When you don't have an infrastructure to support you, talk to them. You are dependent upon external factors. And just like when Dr. Dre said, I'm out on death row, I ain't paying nobody's rent anymore. If you can't figure it out, you homeless. Talk to them. And so for us as a community, yes, the government shut down. If you were a direct federal state employee, yes, you were you were directly hit by that. But there's no infrastructure in place to support us. I didn't see a long line of Asians out there complaining about the government shutdown. Not at all. Communities where the infrastructure is tight and the dollar keeps circulating within, where saving is important and investing is key. If you live like everything is disposable and as soon as the dollar gets in your pocket, it's burning a hole in your pocket to give it to somebody else. When situations like this come up, you have no savings. Yep. You have no there is no go to. There is no infrastructure in place. You jumping out of boat A and you don't even have a raft. Yeah. Like you, boat A is sinking and you just jumping in the water and you can't swim. Yeah. And then you have a situation to where the most complaints you heard were from blacks and white people that voted for Trump. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's what the funniest part about it was. Black people and whites that voted for Trump that were complaining about the government shutdown. Yeah. Like how how ironic was whites that voted for Trump are saying, yo, 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 whoa, whoa, I know we want this wall, but dude, you're tripping. And as we talk about this, there was going to be another government shutdown coming February 15th, yeah. but they made a deal and it wasn't a deal that, you know, Mr. 45, a.k.a. the pussy grabber really wanted, but still it's enough of a deal to not have. The government shut down because I think that even in a maneuver that, uh, you know, 45 thought he was, you know, strategized and he thought that some of his uh, 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 um, right was kind of well off and better prepared. And there were only the people of color that were going to suffer through the process. He got to find out that those dudes and gals were emailing and calling and be like, yo, what's going on? Like, yeah. when are we going to go back to work? I need to go back to work. And that TSA factor became huge. Huge. Because we had a, the gentleman who flew out of the United States who flew into, I believe it was China, with a firearm on him. And he realized that when he got, with what he turned himself in. So he got through security here in America, got on the plane, flew on the plane overseas with a firearm on his person. He told the, the Chinese authorities, because he didn't want to get gunned down or whatever is in, in like, you know, because he was, uh, I guess, betting that their security was tighter than the place he just came <laughs> yeah, from. Yeah, for sure. So he was like, before sure. y'all bust me with something, yeah. let me go ahead and confess to some stuff. They were finding all these holes in Homeland Security because you had TSA workers who were bumping the, uh, the, the unedited versions of rap songs over the PA system through different airports. You had dudes out there who were really on an effort mentality. They were, they're, like, they're like, what are you going to do? I'm exactly. already here for free. You're like, 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 you can't tell me nothing. And, and then when you go back, let's just, let's go into that piece. Talk about TSA. Yeah. <clears throat> that was in place. Um, a more stringent uh, uh, kind of TSA yeah. when uh, 9-11 happened. Yeah. So the history of terrorism um, that has happened here in America um, we're not talking about the white domestic terrorism, but the ISIS terrorism, yeah. right? That they have kind of cloaked into being the reason why we want to kind of create this wall, right? Yeah. To keep them out. Why, if you were a knowledgeable president in this moment and really wanted to keep your country safe, why would you even dare risk the opportunity for alleged ISIS uh people to come through and do something that would have crippled America, that one shows me two things. 
One, it shows me that that ISIS shit is more bullshit than it's ever, ever, ever been. And two, the idea that Trump, again, really believe the functionality of this system would be able to move without workers being paid, Heinz looking at the TSA uh, tobacco, um, uh, just kind of dysfunction. You look at that and say, damn it, there's too many functions that the government controls that keeps America operating. And yeah. that's the, 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 you know, the airline system. Without the airline system, you're going to have total chaos. Yeah. That's what was kind of defining to me to see how bad it got when it went to planes weren't flying. Yeah, there was delays on the runway. Flights weren't getting out. TSA staff nationwide was down about 30%. Everybody was using all their sick days and vacation days to not work to keep their jobs. And they just weren't showing up and just no calls, no shows. And then, you know, you're worried about Homeland Security. So I was going overseas right after 9-11. So it happened in September. Yeah. I left America in December okay. of that, just a couple months later. So I saw the shift in what airports look like. You know, M16s at the airport and, and, and it was real flying out of America. And then when I came back in, in 2012, like they was on it. Yeah. Like, the, you know, who you? What you doing? I'm every bag checked by three, four dogs and a handful of people. Yeah. Now it's you got a bunch of people who should be taking your ticket at a movie theater are now the people who are in charge of Homeland <laughs> Security, making sure, you know, that you... And you, some <laughs> of them are some assholes, Yeah, they bro. the new men in black protecting, you know, you from the, from the scum of the universe. And and it just was and it was just going crazy. But I look at all that stuff when we say, all you know, all this, what the systems keep doing and, and keep showing us how they, you know, they really feel. But we continue to tolerate certain behaviors because of the position that we're in, not controlling what we do. And when we do not control what we do, we don't have ownership. We don't have corporations and entities that supply us our needs that we need here in America. We become enslaved to what the system is. You just got to roll with it. Yeah. So thank you for showing us exactly how much we need the government. I am, I appreciate that lesson because I was just flabbergasted by how many people were nervous about that. Revolutionaries, so-called uh, abolitionists, um, so-called uh, government conspiracy theory um, folks, so-called uh, elitist. I mean, just the point of no return. Um, hood folks that say F everything, but was old coke dependent on that cash aid to finally come and when it wasn't going to come and how they're going to get there. It was just absolutely pathetic and as pathetic it is, is unfortunately how far back we really are and how much work we really truly have to do and that work that we have to do is, is dependent on what the hell do we want to get from these next uh, two years with Mr. 45 in the presidency. Yeah, because when people know that you're dependent upon them and they know that you don't have leverage and that you don't have leeway to move and that you are more or less, regardless of what I do, say to you, treat you, uh, you got to come through me. Like like whatever it is you need, you, you can puff, huff and puff, you can pout if you want to, stomp your feet. But at the end of the day, you're going to get tired, you're going to need a place to sleep. You're going to get thirsty, you're going to need something to drink. You're going to get hungry, you're going to need something to eat. you got to go through me. Yeah. And when people know that that's the position that they have over you, they can treat you any way they want to. And we have that theme that exists not only through, through government entities and how it treats civilians, but on the corporate side. Ooh. Where we have businesses and corporations that when they recognize a group as in their mind is is not valid, yeah. is not valued, mm -hmm. is not appreciated, uh. I pretty much do and say whatever I want to say to you because I'm not worried about you. Not at all. You can't actually do anything to me. Not at all. And so I'm going to test the levels of disrespect just to see. Just to see. And we, there were several issues of this that have come to light. <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, you, you still got your Gucci belt on? Oh man, I you know what? I was hoping that there's gonna have a a, a, a a two for one sale and finally go pick up my Gucci. I've never owned um, any Gucci merchandise. I've never even in my heyday of having a lot of money. 
just never felt compelled to like, you know, even though it was the end thing to do and I've been around my folks that was buying it crazy, I just was always like, I don't want to spend four or $500. It just, yeah, yeah, it just never seemed right to me. And this is when I had money. Like, you know, I had real, I had like dollars that didn't make sense. Yeah. And even in a, that, like, going into this moment when a lot of actors, uh, a lot of music artists have turned the corner and athletes as well to be activists, I sometimes wonder if their activism and activating the plight of folks' mind on what we should do and how we should do it, if it's guarding on a career move, another career move for them, yeah. or do they really care about um, educating us in a way that we need to educate and kind of moving forward of separating and ownership and really building black? Okay. I, I, I say that because a lot of these folks have programmed us to such a, a degree that they've done the work of white supremacy and it's going to be a lot harder to deprogram us because Gucci, 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 Gucci becomes popular in the urban communities, the black communities, is because of these artists. Yeah. These same artists that are now saying, hey, hey, you know what? We got a banner. So does that mean that you went to Gucci and gave all your Gucci items back? Does that mean that you're auctioning it off? Well, then what does that mean? Yeah. So in theory, I, I congratulate their wokeness, but the reality is you played us because when you knew Gucci never really had a, a, a abundance of Black designers. Just Dapper Dan. When you knew, you pretty much all of the kind of the, 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 the some of the designing they stole from Dapper Dan, right? And when 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 we had black clotheslines, like you got to remember, we had Sean John, we had Fat Farm, we had Call Kanai, uh, Wu Wear, Rough Riders. Uh, 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 what do you know? What I'm saying we had uh, Rocker Wear. We uh, had was Pelly Pelly. I think Pele Pele, I might have been. And shoot, it was it was to me. You had FUBU. I mean, the list goes on and on. G Unit. I mean, the list goes on and on. We had our own, but somewhere over the rainbow, it got sideswiped to where we then went back. Because the first reason why we created our own was there wasn't enough urban streetwear that was fitted that represents us as a culture yeah. so we created our own yeah. and where i thought was revolutionary in such a a hard-hitting way ll cool j doing a gap commercial yeah. but wearing a fubu, wearing hat. fubu yeah and they didn't even realize and that they and and no one really a realized nationwide that. Nationwide campaign advertising. LL Cool J was a G for that, yeah. right? It wasn't a Gap hat. It was a food Ooh, hat. And when you look at it, and then you look at the 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 um the history of Dapper Dan and what he did in in, in New York and with fashion, and I watched uh and I forgot. No, let me let me not forget Cross Colors. When I watched his documentary about um you know fashions. Uh, urban fashion and urban lines. What they never really talked about was how all of a the sudden these clotheslines just disappeared. Yeah. And one of the theories, because I I've, I did some research, was a lot of these clo black clotheslines sold. They sold to like they raise their value up to a certain amount and sold. And, and which is which is in business the right thing to do, but with business. When you're a business person, usually you sell and then you recreate or and you, you sell rebrand. a percentage or, or then, you sell yeah. a percentage. But sometimes if you're going to just sell your whole business, you're going to, OK, I'm going to sell that, but I'm about to make this and do something totally yeah. different again. And then the reality of it was when we transformed from our urban, I want to look like a young hip hopper. I'm a, I'm a young guy. I have to now transition into this older guy. The urban wear, Snoop Dogg's clothes, where I got a rag, rag on, on it, it maybe doesn't really fit me as a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old. Yeah. So I get 
to, I'm thinking that we had to kind of come and be a little bit more mature and have more classic designs. But I'm asking, why did that not happen? I'm trying to figure out why are we in this moment where we're talking about Gucci and a black face when so we had the thing, these though. things before. Because people may not be, if you haven't seen what, what exactly is we're talking about in reference, reference to Gucci, is that they came out with the top where the uh, think like a turtleneck. Uh, extends all the way to beneath the, your your nostrils, like like a uh, good ski wear you would think. Like I don't even know where you'd even wear this thing at. Uh, but on the front of it, it has the the mouth of uh, a, a done in blackface. So I'm not even sure. Let's just say from an artistic creative point of view, where you would wear this thing anyway. Like I don't even like it, it, it's not a it's not a good look aesthetically. Mm. So and then to get through your whole uh artistic department to get, you know, all the, the draws, the mock-ups got okay, the, the 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 hit the runway, the fashion show got okay. Everything was celebrated. Went in the full production was okay. Then it was put before the marketing team and it was okay. Then the then the the photo shoots for the magazines and the print was okay. Uh, the 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 internet team for all the websites and then okay. it was all okay. Like you got all these. It's not like it was one person who just slipped something past. You know, somebody who did something to your burger once and nobody was looking. There was a whole lot of eyes that went on this thing before it ever hit the public and said okay and said okay. And then it hits out and they get backlash of why they would release uh, a top that's got done in the theme of blackface. And 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 let's just address that too because this is, seems to be blackface is coming back. Yeah, it's like, wild. Like like it, it, it's ridiculous about uh, there was a school that had all the kids performing a poem in blackface. <laughs> there was a here. teacher or um uh you know I, whatever lady here in they Sacramento. Invited, here in Sacramento, Carmack actually talked to, um did an interview with the news about it, um and she came with blackface. Yeah, she was uh, addressing. Uh, speaking to the students and she was wearing an authentic African garb. She was a Caucasian woman wearing an authentic African garb. Now she could have stopped there if she was going to wear the clothes to, to make her point for the presentation. Yes, major point. Or that. enlisted a, a black woman to, to make the point for the presentation. She then went as far as to not only wear the African garb but to then darken her skin, her, her arms and her face. To in her eye, quote unquote, you know, look like a black woman. To to then give this presentation to the class, and then seem confused why some of the students pulled her aside when it was over, and and, and voiced their opinions of the disrespect that they felt like they just just witnessed. And then you have the comedian Jimmy Kimmel. He's Jimmy also- Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon. Old old uh. Oh, the things that they had done where they were both in, in, in black. And everybody things. laughed and everybody celebrated. Everybody was okay with at that particular time. Yeah. All this stuff that it, it keeps coming up and primarily back to the original point. When you're not in a position, mm. you've got no leverage or leeway. Not at all. You can be treated however somebody wants to treat you. Yes. Because the reality of it is, is like, let's just be real. Okay, you're upset, you're angry, I'm sorry, I apologize, let's move forward. If you really want to press the issue, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because when it comes and pertains to Gucci, we're not the target demographic they're worried about for their pocketbook anyway. So when we yell out a boycott, what Negroes is really going to boycott it? It's the uh, the artists, the musicians, uh, the athletes, you know, that I mean. Less than one half of 1% of the population. So who's really boycotting? Are you telling the person that, um, like, saved up for a whole year that bought a Gucci belt or a Gucci purse? I mean, I come said, on. 2019, no more black people are buying Maybachs. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's going to hit. Like a, I mean, it's just like. like I mean, it, it's, yeah. It, it's just. The the boycotts are so, so irrelevant and so trendy and it's so. Um, non-revolutionary because it has no effect it has none it just has that ooh wow moment and you get some press and we talk about it it's fake black rage i mean that's what it is it's fake black rage because guess what let's go through the list within the last three years and if i miss any please fill my the blanks in okay 
We were supposed to have boycotted Nike at one particular time. We were supposed to have boycotted the NFL, uh, Starbucks, uh, H&M. Uh, what else we were supposed to boycott? Uh, oh, where were we supposed to boycott? We said H and M, Starbucks, the Oscars. The we Oscars. supposed to boycott the Oscars. What else were we supposed to boycott? We were supposed to boycott the holidays. There was a whole oh, yeah. buy no buy no Christmas, nothing. We were supposed to boycott all of of Christmas. There's all these different things that we were supposed to boycott in a particular time. And guess what? What did that do for us? How did that move us forward? What did they change? I mean, there was even a, a call to boycott uh, American Airlines. You know, there was all these calls, boycott this, boycott that. And to what and who did it affect? Besides the the folks that were dealing with the boycott, it affected us more. Yeah. Because now I'm looking at my kid who's like, well, what do you mean we're not doing Christmas? Like, we're not, you know, we're yeah. boycott. You know, what do you mean you're not going to buy me no Nike? What do you mean we can't go to Starbucks? Well, I, man, I, I drink Starbucks every day. So these ineffective boycotts and these call for actions where there's no alternatives, where there's no printout of, okay, well, now this is what we're going to do afterwards, or this is what we're going to do right now. And when we have artists that says, why we keep on giving them all my money? Well, Negro, you're the one that keeps on promoting me to give all my money with the free advertisement that you're giving to these companies. Yeah. I mean, you had Amigos' first song was talking Versace, Versace, Versace. You got a rapper by the name of Gucci, man. You had another rapper that was singing Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. So now you artists want to turn around and tell us, well, was my bad. We don't need to do that no more. Stop it. Stop with the fake black outrage because guess what? We were supposed to ban R. Kelly and we didn't do that. We always are some, and guess what happened when we banned R. Kelly for a few days? Black girls and black women who were disgusted were sitting there screaming, talking about, take me, I'll be your, your, your freaking slave. Be, yeah. Just crazy. And, and all this stuff that we talk about, let, let, let's boycott. And, 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 and we like to use the, the old, uh, Martin boycott as the benchmark. The, the, uh, the bus boycotts, you know, back in Martin's day. I'm so sick Which, of hearing about that. Well, and, and let's just talk about conviction. We're talking about a group of people who used to take maybe in some cases several buses okay. to get to family functions, to get to work, to get to school, just to live their basic day-to-day -day life. And any alternative to those buses walked miles on blistering, bloody feet. After working all day, going to school all day to then come home and and then do your family job like people who were really out there who was like for the for the cost of the greater good. I'm going to suffer. For over a year. We can't get three weeks mm. on some stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with really the runnings of our day to day lives. Mm. Like, I mean, unless you work at Gucci. Or your job is to sell Gucci product. Like you work at the mall in the Gucci department. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when you have to come across Gucci. It, you not buying Gucci is not doing anything for your day-to-day -day life. And you can't even do that. The dumbest boycott I've ever heard. You know, uh, all right, we're going to boycott Starbucks for the way that we be pretty. Oh, we still keep going to Waffle House. That was another one. Oh, we, was the Waffle, we Waffle, Waffle, Waffle House? Okay, we just kept boycott. getting caught up at Waffle House. Um, all and, type of shit going on. Yeah, everything at the Waffle House. And we, we kept doing that. And every time we're supposed to sit there and say, OK, we're not going to go to Starbucks. No one is saying, OK, wherever you live, put in your zip code, find a black owned coffee shop near where you live. And no. that's where everybody goes. No, no one is saying that happens in like two point five seconds. Yeah, find a black owned diner. You ain't going to Waffle House. Find a black owned diner where you can get some some chicken and waffles where you live or, or some Belgian waffles, whatever it is, your breakfast is and go there instead. You know, Gucci. Tied into the to the government shutdown, you can't afford it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it one hundred. If, oh, if, 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 if five weeks crippled your whole organization, oh, man. you cannot. You, are, you can't afford it. How anyway. can you now try to get Gucci when you was over there struggling five weeks ago? You can't. Gucci shouldn't even be on menu. Like you shouldn't even be thinking about it anyway. And the thing about it, what runs me mad is. You guys fall for it. And it's no disrespect to T.I. and the other folks that are calling out about, you know, Floyd Mayweather. I mean, Floyd Mayweather, Money Mayweather, um, 
we'll let him know what, what Leonard Floyd did. Well, Floyd, you know, and 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 when I was looking about thinking about my silly Negro um, of of the week, I was thinking it would be easy to do Floyd, but I stopped and I said I ain't gonna even do Floyd. But Floyd basically nonchalantly was pretending or acting as if he was dumbfounded by like, what are you talking about? Uh, what, what, what boycott, huh? There's something going on. What happened to what Gucci do? And he just being Floyd, being money Mayweather, um, spending in, in Gucci like it was nobody's business. And let's be mindful about what Floyd's all about. Floyd's about Floyd and Floyd's about money. Floyd is not about the empowerment of black people. He's about the empowerment of his pockets. But here's the one thing that I think is hilarious. But I think that is was was very key. Floyd made a made a really, really, really uh daggering point, even though I think it was funny because he the way he said it. He said, Well, all these folks that are talking about boycotting, they ain't never supported team uh uh team money team. Yeah. That's a black brand. They ain't never I ain't never seen them wear a hat, shirt, whatever. Ain't never bought money team. And I thought that was hilarious. And I even thought that it was more funny that other artists, especially someone by the name of Soldier Boy, decided to go ahead and air out on Floyd. And here he was being a poster boy with free advertisement for Gucci when he went on that press run acting crazy with the Gucci band. He wore the same Gucci hairband for ten years. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so now, now all of a sudden it's F Gucci. Then you have all these other uh, uh, memes that are coming out, and I think Fifty Cent's put one of them out with uh, Floyd Mayweather's face with the um, actual Gucci, uh, uh, you know, item that's being boycotted on his face, and it's all for good laughs and also all for good jokes and things of that nature. But if we really look at all of these industry folks that are now talking. This big talk, a majority of you niggas have sold us out. A majority of you niggas have, have have planted poison in our in our in our uh, bloodstream. Um, have led us astray. Have given us uh, wrong information. I would rather hear Ti talk about boycotting trap music and and all of the luxuries of drug dealing and and being a hustler that he's promoted. Than worried about Gucci. I would rather Waka Flocka be concentrated on making more positive music and, and more positive imagery um, than focusing on calling Floyd Mayweather a coon. It's easy for now, all of a sudden, us to lose focus on what Gucci did to now go attack a brother that is now saying, hey, and also Kodak Black, but I think. Floyd Mayweather is, is definitely bigger. a bigger, uh, a bigger star. So it's like now we're gonna forget about what Gucci did, but we're now gonna go nail Floyd Mayweather to the cross. That becomes an issue when I say it's fake black rage, because you niggas is gonna be mad for three point five seconds, and every single one of y'all is gonna be back into the Gucci store. Let's be very clear. Okay. So just because Floyd is saying, "Well, I'm still going to shop." Stop acting as you Negroes are going to not ever go to Gucci again. Well, my thing is, I, I have, I'm more okay with Floyd than I am the fake outrage. Why you say that? Because if Floyd is being genuine in the sense of, I don't feel offended by what you're talking about. I don't care about why you want to boycott. I'm going to spend my money on what I want to spend it on. I like Gucci clothes or whatever, whatever his motivation is. This is what I want to do. That's a genuine A to B thought process to behavior. Yeah. He being true to him. Yeah. If you're going to sit there and say, I'm going to act all upset, call him a coon, call him a sellout, get mad because he still supports a product that disrespects black people. How many businesses do you support that disrespect black people? I'm sure we can name all That's what I'm saying. Those, so let, right? let's go into your closet of your last 120 day purchases. <laughs> And see how many corporations you supported that you knowingly and willingly were aware of that have disrespected black people in the last three years. Mm. I don't even need to go back to ancient history to go back to your parents age right now. The last three years have right had any now. incident of disrespecting black people that you were knowledgeable of. What purchases have you made? <laughs> and if I'm finding these products in your refrigerator, mm. if I'm finding these pro these products in your kids backpack, mm. If I'm finding these products left over containers on, on the floorboard of your car, mm. 
Mm. If I'm finding these products on the receipts of your credit card statements Speak on and it. all your bank statements, talk to him. Just because he's still blowing money at Gucci, you're still blowing it at Safeway. Uh, you just can't afford to blow it where he blows it. Listen. So if he's a coon for still going to Gucci, what are you for still going to Starbucks? Man. If he's a coon for still blowing it on scarves and t-shirts and shirts. What are you for still for for your for your Nike kicks for your for your lattes for all this other stuff that you've had companies that have consistently told you that we don't give two f's about you? Not a damn. And you'll still turn around and support them. You just can't do it on the level that he does. Yes. Yes. You ain't in the tax bracket to make the moves that he makes. Yes. How much Tommy Hill figure you got in your closet? Man, I'm telling you. You know what I mean? The man is straight up said, I don't want black people wearing my product. Do we, do, we, do we really have that? Or we, do we have that documented? I, I, don't, I still haven't seen it. No, he was on Oprah because that's when she took, took, kicked him off her stage. I need to see that video, man. You know what I mean? Because he had he had Aaliyah doing some, you know, modeling, Tyson. Tyson, well, like, here, here's, Tyson was just real quick. The, the backstory logic to that is that when black people get behind a product, it goes from being a product by way of marketing to a trend. Oh, yeah, we definitely so when that. we get into something, it becomes a trend and its shelf life drastically decreases. So if I'm selling a product, you can sell Tommy Bahama shirts, the same shirts in 2019 that you sold in 1999. Oh. Because that is a product that has not changed. Yeah. But when we get it, that Rockaware shirt is good for 18 months. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of brands that don't like black people getting a hold of it for major marketing is because it kills the shelf life. It becomes a trendy purchase. And then I get stuck with surplus I can't use because it's no longer in value. But it's also benefited them. But what I'm saying is that that's where, so if people are like, well, why would somebody say I don't want black people wearing my stuff? That's what some of that framing is. Yeah, but it's unfortunate because it's crazy because, yeah, that's what you say. And I hear exactly what you're saying. But we've. We like literally made Nike. We made Timberland. You know what I'm saying? We made Polo <laughs> without some of our, uh, uh, you know, uh, black entrepreneurs and black uh, hip hop artists. All that free press we did for 25 on, years. That's hip-hop. crazy. That's just, just, I don't, you know, that, the, the to me, ad- I get what you're saying. No, but no, it's I'm like, saying that, that's the reasoning that's given. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's what I believe it's in my person. That's the reason that's given. Most average, average Americans wouldn't even know what Chris Style was if it wasn't for rappers. That's what it. That's like, like I'm saying, you like, it, the average American would have absolutely no idea what Chris Style is. Like I said, I would not know Gucci if it wasn't for the rap artists. Most people wouldn't know what Patron is. Come on, like, like you, you just know that you know Patron. Yeah, like, like what are we upset about? Like we're upset again? Like that's what I gotta really understand. So what are we upset about? And with us being upset, what are we gonna do about it? Okay, so let's let's work on that. How many of you boycotted your kid's school? Ooh, none. So when you when your child came home telling you the missing when you know the misinformation your kid was taught misinformation when you told your child came that told they were disrespected in the class that they were purposely put out when they were all these how many of you boycotted that school how many of you went to school board meetings to get those teachers removed or to get that superintendent voted out how many of you took all these proactive steps and for the betterment of the education of your child but yet you taking social media over some clothes that you couldn't afford nope nope nope. how many of you sat there and said you don't like the conditions in which things are going on in your community the way that Policing is done the way that uh, can't get a, a speed bump on your street, can't get these broken lights fixed so you can feel a little more secure, can't get these these zonings to try to put better community things in place. How many of you went down there to these these city meetings, to these city planning meetings that sit there and talk to, you, to to the person who's in charge of your district, who even knows who's in charge of your district, who people got involved with the people in your community and made a, a conscious effort to get rid of the person who wasn't for your best interest and put in somebody who was for your best interest with the same passion that you say that you wanted to boycott Nike? How many of y'all are boycotting the liquor store in your community when they have nothing else but that store to be your grocery store. They call your liquor store a grocery store. How many of y'all are banning the fast food in your community because they basically said that we're not going to give you any healthy food options. We're going to give you fast food. So here, Negro, have a good time eating at McDonald's, Taco Bell, Wendy's, Kentucky Fried okay. Chicken, NW, whatever. Keeping with that liquor store that's in your corner. That every time you come in, this is what you frequent anywhere from three to five times a week, that you are disrespected every time you walk in. Wow. 
every single time you You're go being in. being followed, not by just the camera, by two damn people that work there. You've accepted hurry up and buy and a look of contempt when you give your money to somebody else so they can take care of their family and For their the situation. Poison. How many of you have boycotted that? I'm just so how many of y'all have boycotted white Christianity? The thing that has sold us down the river. How many of y'all oh, no, boy, uh, boycotted? We 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 we. we they don't think that there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you, you got to boycott something that you see there's a problem. I mean, right. I mean, because because they niggas were still watching Ten Commandments and just believe you, 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 all yeah. those white people were from Egypt. How many of y'all are going to boycott these things and say enough's enough? How many of y'all going to go to your church and say, listen, take that damn white Jesus off my goddamn uh, 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 chapel. I, I need y'all to take that off. Because it's not real. How many of y'all going to boycott? How many of going to boycott the girl that's disrespecting your child? Ooh. How many of you are going to boycott the dude who's disrespecting your household? Ooh. How many of y'all going to boycott the boss that keeps giving you the runaround, micromanaging you, uh, uh, chastising you, uh, harassing you? How many of y'all going to go boycott that? You know, so it, me this. It's, it's, it's just it's like so this fake black rage because just when everybody was enraged and this let's go into the temperament of what I'm saying fake black rage when everybody saw R. Kelly's documentary it was conversation skeletons out the closet not only for R. Kelly but for some other Negroes as well Yeah, and then just like a snap of a finger you heard um, investigations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you heard banning music, and then all of a sudden, nothing happened. All I heard was R. Kelly was going to go out there to to Europe and go do a tour over there, yeah. and it's damn near probably sold out. Yeah, like I said, he was that right when right after it aired. I think it was maybe three days max after the last episode <laughs> aired. He celebrated his birthday in his hometown to a sold out. Venue, black with a women line screaming. wrapped around the building, yes, sir. screaming, "You can, you can kidnap me." Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it's so so. The fake black rage that again I insist on is we in the moment get so frustrated we scream to the mountaintops, but we have no bite to our bark. And when we have no bite to our bark and we're always complaining about boycotting, does it kind of change certain things? Yeah, in some ways it probably uh, creates people to step it up. But that don't wipe away their racism. That don't wipe their racist ways. And that don't say that they're not going to do something stupid again. In 2019, for us to be talking about a blackface should let you know a lot of different things that because we didn't boycott, continues to happen and the reason why it continues to happen because again like you said earlier what do we have as a a um a base or an alternative right to keep things going the way it needs to go if they decide to say we're going to shut down the government we don't have any entities we don't have any corporations like that the reason why the boycott in the nfl does not work. Let me give you guys some some lessons into understanding business one on one. Does black people own Nike? Nope. Do black people own any of the liquor companies? Nope. Budweiser or whatever. Not like better that. involved in the in the NFL, no. Um, how many black owners do you have in the NFL? Zero. How many TV networks do black people own? Zero. Okay. How many stadiums do black people own? Zero. So now, when you have all of this oh, TV keep, and marketing. Keep going. Oh, I would, we because <laughs> when you get to the stadiums, uh, how many of those press boxes do black people box, Very small percentage. Okay. I mean, the season ticket holder percentage. Very, very small, small percentage. percentage. So reality, as we are breaking down some of this matrix, black people don't have necessarily any real stock in any of these big sports uh, 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 venues, these big sports entities, and the idea that a boycott for the NFL would work because citizens like myself and my brother Jermaine decided to say we're not going to watch it, that it's going to dent the pockets of what we now know is a mass corporation yeah. that funnels 
uh, the monies to the NFLs that kind of sponsors the NFL, the uh, the money from different companies that are getting the press boxes, and we're talking from smaller companies to bigger companies, and none of these things are black. Black people don't own a Nike, don't own a Reebok that can sit there and say, Colin Kaepernick's not back in? No. Okay, well, guess what? We're going to pull out on Nike since we are being licensed to promote the NFL this year. Nike is not going to be involved. To where it really puts a, a, a dagger into what the NFL is. Newsflash, black people. Yes, the Super Bowls was the, probably the lowest rating since the Pittsburgh and Arizona football uh, game some years ago. But it wasn't because black people decided to boycott. It was because, one, people were probably sick of the New England Patriots. And two, that by the time uh, people saw the first half, folks probably tuned out and did something different. That's facts. Why? Because the NFL had some of the best ratings this regular season. So it wasn't because black yeah, yeah, people... viewership is back up. All that stuff about boycott stuff. It, yeah, it, it didn't work. Yeah. Black people did viewership, not... Viewership is back up. ...a damn thing. If we don't have a corporation that's linked in or some ownership value or even better, as I've said it many times, the players decide they're going to step away and boycott the games... A boycott in a sport uh, uh, realm like the NFL, NBA, NBA, even though the percentages are high as far as players, as black people, and low to zero as ownership, you're never going to make amends until the players step away. And well, that's well, it. well, here's the thing. You can make a move for us as a people. If more of us, instead of going to Stanford... Instead of going to Michigan, Ooh. instead of going to Oklahoma, You're not going there. Instead of going to Texas, You're not going there. If all these prominent black athletes went to HBCUs, Ooh, you're not going there. So let's just say we don't even go the whole our own league route. Let's not go there. If we just say, look, these HBCUs are where all these prominent athletes are going. Guess what? The viewership for HBCU games would go through the roof. Go up. What that turns into is millions of dollars for the university and campus. Yes, sir. That means upgraded athletic equipment, yep. upgraded academic equipment, the redo the schools. They, they, want upgraded to be going, they want to be going to Duke. But here's the difference, though. When it pertains to going professionally, now you all of a sudden that relationship changes with professional sports. Uh-huh. Because now all these athletes, you probably black athletes are coming out of HBCUs, which means the way that they deal with HBCUs is different. Yes, sir. The way that they interact, the way that they treat them, the way the relationship has to change. Mm-hmm. Because then all of a sudden you start getting into those conversations of, mm, well, maybe we're going to talk our students in to make sure they stay all four years. Yeah. Maybe we're going to make sure that we talk to them about this, this and this. Now you're getting less access to these. Maybe we're going to change the way that your scouts can come in and do combine and be involved in, in assessing our players and dealing with our students. That whole dynamic changes. If we sit there and say, no, we're going to we're going to make this as a united front. Mm. And the united front is not something that we have. No. The reason why the boycott in Alabama goes to touch on that just real quick before we step out is because what you just said, a united front. Negroes have too many options. Negroes have too many choices. Negroes are better fit now than they ever been because they feel they've made it. Back in the days in Alabama, it didn't matter if you was a Negro that was a bank teller, a Negro that was a athlete, a Negro that was a lawyer. You were still a Negro and you knew your place. And you still lived on the same street. The same street, the same man block. Lived next to the doctor who You're lived not, next to, you, next it's, to, it's the, a, to the heavyweight It's a rarity fight. that a, a black man or black woman was living outside of a centered black community. With that being said, with the silly Negro of the week, I don't want to give it to one personal person this moment, this one single guy, because I could have did it to Floyd. I'm giving a single silly Negro of the week to all the Negroes that continue to follow into this idea that boycotting makes sense. All the Negroes that continue to have fake black rage at these incidents that continue to happen. And instead of reacting and being so reactionary, thinking of an actual plan to where we can cripple some of these uh, 
businesses that don't give two dams about us so we can build our own and move forward and not worry and participate in the fuckery. I'm giving a silly Negro to all y'all motherfuckers because all y'all motherfuckers got to get your shit together and stop complaining, stop boohooing. And, and if you're going to complain, at least let's make a impact in a boycott. But don't complain. And three days later, go back to complaining about something different, but never making a change or making a difference. And trying to be led by those who have misled us is not something I feel or believe we need to do. We need to stop yelling and crying and giving the attention of boycotts, of boycotts, of boycotts. And we need to start building. Yeah, these are the things that we need to make sure that we're addressing and talking about and that we stay focused on that, that to coming together and building together and creating that infrastructure, creating that alternative is what gives you that leeway and gives you that leverage. Without either one of those, you'll be victim to the circumstances that are given to you and treated by the way that the person who's doing it feels like treating you. In order for us to grow and to develop and to have more, to be more and to do more, we have to start dealing with ourselves, build up within ourselves. And instead of worrying about boycotting, which is stopping, worry about building, which is growing. And if we grow our own, we don't have to worry about what they're doing over there because we got our own stuff to deal with to begin with. Stuff we got to talk about, stuff that we got to address, stuff we got to say something about. Man. I'm Jermaine Morris. This is with Barry Axe. has been the Say Something Podcast. Where folk can find you online, Barry? Barry Axe is Twitter. Barry Axe is Facebook at Team Voy. Instagram. Um, of course, Black Blueprints with a Z.com. Thank you all for being patient. There's been a lot of stuff going on. So we appreciate y'all uh, continuing to tune in. Thank you. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J. Morris CEO. It's been the Say Something Podcast. Yeah. Until next show, holla. We will holla at you later. Peace.